ladies and gentlemen, a king has been crowned. That man, Helmsley Frigime, is no more. Frigime? <laughs> yes, no more Frigime. And even though I'll still try and find ways where I can say the word Frigime because it's a funny word. No more Frigime? No more Frigime. Not even Diet Frigime? Not even Frigime Zero. Not even, I can't believe it's not Frigime. Wow, no Frigime of any kind. But what we do have is a brand new WRF commissioner. And a new, brand new episode of WRS Matt Doom for here on the Rogue Retro Smart Doom Review. Reviewed by me, Scott McLeod, your usual host. I've been here this whole time. And he's not been here the whole time, but it feels like he has. Paul Brown. Hello, Paul. Hey, ho. Hey, Scott. Yeah. I seen you were just playing with Brian's uh, Cuban coin. Is that what this is? Yes, it has Che Guevara on it. Ah. What is that? Lesson? I think it's a peso, I think. Mm. Cuban peso. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, he I'm, found it in his change. I'm going to put it over there because I'll keep playing with it. <laughs> I don't. But yes, it's kind of it's kind of looks like and it's about the stick is very like the old ten pences. Mm-hmm. I thought like, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was yeah, an old like ten pence. really old ten p's that were pretty fat. Mind you, five p's used to be about that bloody size as well. <laughs> I don't think I ever remember them being anything other than the oh, size. Well, that, that was only when I was little. You know what I mean? When I used to go to the grocery van. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get the big two pence sized five peas and shit, the big thick fucking ten peas, it was cool. And the fifty peas, it would have been as fat as a pound coin. <laughs> now, that's what people tune into this show for. They don't tune in for hard hitting comments on wrestling from 22 yeah, years just ago. Random random nostalgia about coinage. They want to know what did five, how much did five P pences used to weigh? I do know, see the old fifty pences? Mm-hmm. My uncle Joe, when he was a taxi driver, he had one board through at the top on a keyring. <laughs> okay. On his keys, it looked it was just little thing he had. It looked cool. I always always wanted it. I remember when I was little, I was just I'm going to be a taxi driver. I'm going to get you a keyring, and it would kill. Neither of things happened. <laughs> too blind to drive, and I never got the fifty p. Ah, oh, you wouldn't want to drive. Then you'd have to talk to people. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> you just have the sign like that bus driver in Simpsons. Don't make me tap the sign. <laughs> Don't make me death the sign. Don't make me punch the sign. Because <laughs> once I've punched the sign, I'm not going to have anything else to punch but you. Yeah, but we're we're not here to punch you. We're here to talk about Snapdown. All the Fallout, King of the Ring 2000 is in the books. It's on the Rogue Opinions back catalogue. The long mm-hmm. one, but it's well worth a check, checking out. Cool. And we're here for the June 29th, 2000 episode of Smackdown. June 29th, 2000. I thought, for a second, I thought you were trying what was I doing at this point in 2000, but I doubt you'd remember. Depending on the month, I may, I may have either been in my final year of school or just left school, I'm not sure which. <laughs> I know I, I left at some at the midpoint of fifth year Yeah. to get a job. Well, I had a job. Yeah. I remember that. Walked into the school in my denims and shit, and his head teacher was like, what are you doing dressing like that in school? And I went, I'm not in school anymore. I'm just in to say bye to some of the teachers I actually liked. Mm-hmm. I've got a job. And he went, oh, well. And I went, aye, well, see you. I remember my final <laughs> day of school, there was just a crowd of people. Everyone was basically been late with their classes, but everyone was, oh, quite a crowd of people were waiting outside the door, just waiting for the bell, because they knew this is like the last the last official day. Mm. Like, we had exams, but this is like the last official full day of school before everybody like left. And then, and then there was this big eruption of a big cheer or whatever, like, everything, like, it's a bell. You expect, were you not expecting the bell? 
I, I, I cut out on my, one of my last exams because I knew I'd fucked it anyway. <laughs> it was the only time in my entire time of school, it was the only time I ever cut a day, like, dogged it, you know, like, <laughs> and that was my, my basic science exam. Mm -hmm. All through school, I could not give a flying fuck <laughs> about basic science. Science was not my bag, you know? Yeah. And I knew... It would be a formality that like I was going to fail that test. So I thought, I've got a basic science exam, which I'm going to fail. Fuck it, I'm going up the tune. <laughs> and we did, and we went up the tune, and we fucked about up the big graveyard up the tune. And my mate went and spent ages trying to blow up. You know what balloons you get? Like you have yeah. to fill up with a wee, the wee duffel. You can't blow them up. Mm -hmm. With a pump. Aye. Well, he was he was standing there going. <laughs> Try to blow this fucking balloon up and yeah. end up getting yourself a fucking migraine. That'll do it. Try to blow the damn balloon up and he's rolling a bit on the grass going, ah, ah, we fucking told you you couldn't blow it up, you dick. I was never a science person. I think from third year on, because I stayed for the full six years. I didn't want to stay for six years. I wanted to stay for the five. But yeah. certain circumstances around my English qualifications meant... Uh, you had to tough it out for another year. Well, well, yeah, because I wanted to hire a year earlier than I did, and unfortunately the universe did not have that plan for me. Did you get to be like a prefect or some shit? Because I remember we had those in sixth year. I did get that thrusted upon me, actually, yeah. Because yeah. well, my last year, my school, I don't, know if, I, I don't know if they still do this, but my school then just the prefect idea, and also blazers for certain people's. <laughs> and honestly, you should have seen my school, putting people, the students of that school in blazers is the definition of polishing a turd. <laughs> <laughs> just it, it just was yeah. the only reason they did it is because there was a a private school which was just down the road or a school for people, oh, with, so bit, people had, with a bit more money so basically they wanted and they had blazers so apparently we had to have blazers we we used to play that game in the very 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 early days of me going up the town and hanging about the galleries well I used to play that game count the blazer children <laughs> count the blazer children yeah, you know those children you see wonder about so always a chick in the in the usually the fancier looking tartan private school skirt and the blazer and the big fat ass tie and they get like always the guys always look like they had a fucking rod up their spine, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, poker straight, you know what I mean? With the blazer on it looked about twice the size of them. And I used to sit in Central Station, a little bit drunk, going one and two and three and Five. Five blazer children today. <laughs> but my point was going to be, from like third year onwards, I did biology rather than just general like science or whatever. Mm. Because biology, yeah, when it came exam time, it felt like you had fucking textbooks like yay thick yeah. and like a lot to learn. But for, from, for the most part with certain aspects of biology, part of the reason I liked it, once you got the basic idea of most of these kinds of like photosynthesis and shit like that and yeah, your basic... Yeah. Your basic Bodily like stuff because a lot it's a lot about the body in biology. See, I, once, I, once you get once you grasp the basic concepts, yeah, you can pretty much understand the basic forty at least a good forty percent yeah. at the very least of it. I was like, I must say, I always did like the idea of biology because you could apply that to both you know humans and plants and and all sorts animals and all sorts. There was so many aspects of that. Yeah, you know? but only when they were asking me about the you know, like, <coughs> chemical questions when I got exams is when I often. When it often fucks me, especially when they had multiple choice, because, like, as far as I fucking know, this could be any of these ones, I'll just take that one. Yeah, yeah. But talking about my final day, like I said, we had a final day, then we had exams and everything, so technically, whatever your last exam was, was your final day. And the way it worked out, my, a lot of my big exams were, like, early, were like the first few, 
So my last actual exam was my Spanish exam. <laughs> I only took Spanish in the last year. And then I did it, and I kind of just awkwardly looked, just fun, fun, wandered out the, the hall and just came kind of like, huh, well, I guess that's it then. I just awkwardly walked out of a very quiet, very quiet school and fucked off home. <laughs> You know, I, I barely remember my last official day because, like I say, I left at midpoint of fifth year. Mm. Like, I, w- I went into fifth year. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd done it weirdly because fourth year came and I was like, nah, I'm gone, man, I'm gone. And then I realised if I went, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> so I went, fuck it, I'm going back to school. I'm not sitting here like a fud on my own doing nothing. Yeah. So we're back to school. And then some family members pull some strings and shit. I end up with a job and I'm like, finally, I've got an excuse to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Cool. I've, I can earn money. And you know, like the year, the year I had that job for a 16-year-old, that was just fantastic. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're, when you're 16 and all the money that you earn is your money. <laughs> you don't have to spend it on nothing. I'm on you, <laughs> and I I spent it on clothing and cigarettes and booze and gigs and everything. It was fun, <laughs> you know. It was super fun. That's when I that's when I went and had the money to afford to go to Ozfest, which nice. cost which cost me nearly two hundred quid. Wow, Comb- combined, you know, like gig ticket and bus ticket and all crap in between, you know, like cigarettes and mm-hmm. and going for Pizza Hut before we went on the bus, and that was the last time I was in a Pizza Hut. <laughs> was 20-odd year ago. Wow. That was the last time I actually had Pizza Hut. It was 20-odd year ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, ever since then, I have had local takeaway and Domino's. Fair enough. Local takeaway and Domino's. <laughs> but I, I was into the Pizza Hut, and that's when we just introduced that pizza with edge. Mm-hmm. But I had no crust. It was just a big square <laughs> bastard. <laughs> And we had that, we had that with cook, and then we got to Ozfest, and we had cigars <laughs> because we were like, we're here, we're at Ozfest, let's have cigars. That's cool, and yeah, it was good fun, <laughs> good good fun. <laughs> when did you leave school, or what were your qualifications when you left school? Let us know if you feel so inclined. Now we'll go into SmackDown, or more precisely, yeah. I'll give you some background stuff before we get to SmackDown. Good. Uh, I like to give this wee bit of info when I can. Gladiator is just rounding out its run as number one in the UK box office, a five or six weeks strong. That was back when Russell Crowe was in shape. (laughs) And as of the weekend following this episode of SmackDown, the number one movie in the UK is Chicken Run. Yay, Mel Gibson. (laughs) Mel Gibson in a claymation film about chickens. A chicken version of The Great Escape, basically. That's what that is. I didn't know about the, the ball, but where it shows Ginger playing with the, the, the ball while she's in solitary confinement. Mm. Until uh, years later, when I was in uh, secondary school history, and we watched The Great Escape, and I watched the bit with it. Like, oh, that's where they got that from. Did you like The Great Escape when you saw it? I liked it, yeah. Did you know the same as I did the first time you seen it? When they're getting on the bus, and the German guy goes, Good luck. <laughs> and they're silly, but it goes towards go, Oh, thank you. And you're like, You fud! You were, you were a lot far away just on the fucking bus, but no, you had to be English, didn't you? Just just nod your head and everything and fuck off on the bus. Or do a Daphne Moon stay sure. If it, no, the trick in that situation is do not respond, apart from look at them curiously as if say, What? <laughs> Dating spot, <I> go, okay. <laughs> 
Ah, Herr Bartet, your German is very good, and also your French. <laughs> Number one movie in the US is a film I'd never heard of until that's up, The Perfect Storm, which is some sort of disaster movie starring, yeah, like, starring George Clooney, Bradley Cooper, I believe, and uh, John C. Reilly. Diane Lane is in it as well. John C. Reilly, remind me who is. I know his name, what the fuck He was else? in like set films that we, we will fare, like oh, Step Brothers. Oh, my, John C. Reilly, Step Brother thing. Yes. I've seen, seen a good picture on Facebook of like like uh, wrestlers' faces imposed on things. Yeah. And it was Step Brother, brother. <laughs> and it was Hulk Hogan's face on their faces, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> what was it? Stevie Wondertaker. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, uh, we had this week uh, a lawsuit was finalised. It was a case of WWF and Viacom versus the USA Network. <laughs> oh. It was a case of, well, WWF were looking to other networks and, you know, courting other networks for the prior potential new shows that they could run on there because WWF's like, we're so popular, we can start a new show and. Any anybody will want to edit because we're we, so popular right we now. We can do whatever we want. We are huge. We are the biggest thing in America. I'm Vince McMahon. <laughs> We've yeah, lost a SmackDown, which is on UPN, but Raw is on USA as it has been since its inception in '93. Mm. USA is owned by NBC Universal, and NBC and WF have always had a good relationship since mm. the eighties and everything. I'm Vince McMahon. I'll fill the television with violence and blood and tits and blonde hair and. Craziness! Oh my, <laughs> tits and blonde hair. <laughs> we so then basically, I was looking to other networks for future shows, like because they also made a deal with MTV. MTV would start airing Sunday Night Heat for a little bit, <laughs> despite the fact that Sunday Night Heat. Somebody is, wanted it. I'll say by this point, <laughs> Sunday Night Heat is well past its it's sell by date. Oh yeah, that's it. Uh, but then USA basically came in and said, "Well, we don't. We feel like you know we should. You got your flagship show. We should have first dibs on any new." New program and I just went, yeah, no. WWE went, do you want velocity? <laughs> do, do you want metal? <laughs> WWF was talking with Vacuum and they were talking with TNN, basically, and they were quoting an idea for a show in there. And basically, as a result of this lawsuit, in, the, in a few months in 2000, TNN will now be the new home of Monday Night Raw. Oh. They'll make a big deal about T- Raw going to TNN. Uh, and TNN, right? Yeah, TNN. Oh. TNN was, for a little while, starting in late 99, the home of ECW. Mm. So TNN was all behind... All that behind, behind pro wrestling. Oh, oh getting WWF <coughs> and getting Raw and you know, they all this money. You're right there. Good. So on all this money, uh, it's a man, everything. Whereas, once they got ECW, as far as one say in a promo, they never put a commercial or press. So basically, you had to... ECW got good numbers, but you had to... Be looking for ECW. You had to be an ECW fan. Yeah, to find ECW because they made a big deal of, oh, we're we're finally on TV. This this makes us amongst the big boys. But literally, after the first few episodes aired of ECW on TNN, Taz and the Dudleys got signed to WWF. So So basically, like two little star power men, well, two three little star power men went. Yeah, so I think on the first episode of ECW on TNN, Dudley's won back the tag titles from uh, Balls Mahoney and Big Dudley and basically like, we're going to take these belts to the WWF. <laughs> and then Tommy Jr. came out and like, oh, you, you would fought them two on one and then Raven made his return from WCW and it was a big thing because Raven and Tommy yeah, used to be yeah. rivals. They won the t- titles, went on this whole can they get along story all the, and, and that freed up the Dudleys to go ahead. 
WWF, whereas Taz was ECW champion. So he dropped it to Mike Awesome and a three which also involved Masato Tanaka yeah. at the next pay-per-view. And then he went to the WWF and we see how well that worked out for him. Well, we'll talk about Taz in this episode as well. I mean, what what did he do? He won the hardcore belt <laughs> and he won the tag belts with Spike Dudley. <laughs> well done. Good for you. Good, Good for, for you. you. Oh, and he choked out Kurt Angle <laughs> and got into a feud with JR and got himself hit in the head with a jar of sweeties. Yeah. Yeah. Your run in the WWF was fantastic, Taz. Fantastic. And then you were a commentator. And you were just aces then. I didn't mind him as a commentator. Better fucking commentator when he wasn't in ring performer with the dub. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if that was purely his fault. Well, I think by that point he was already... He was slowing down because like, he had a number of injuries. Like, his most noble injury goal was in ECW where he was supervising someone off the, the ramp onto the, into the crowd. And he didn't realize he'd miscalculated how far back the guardrail had been pushed, and I think he caught the back of his oh. neck on the on the guardrail. Didn't he get his neck broke by Sabu at one point? Yeah, as well, well, yeah, he had his neck broken at one point. So there was a number of neck related injuries that that seems to be quite a common theme in wrestles, yeah. especially hard hitting wrestles. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always neck or spinal or something. It's always something like that. So lastly. ECW, Paul Heyman resented TNN for their poor treatment of, of ECW, or his perceived poor treatment of ECW. Yeah. So much so that he started a heel stable in ECW called The Network, <laughs> led by Cyrus the Virus, a.k.a. Don Callis. Don Callis would lead this group. He would be the representative of the network, basically tr- telling ECW what they could and couldn't do. He had a wee heel steel stable, which included a varying cast of characters like Steve Carino, Tajiri, and Rhino. Rhino debuted as the, basically a big muscle enforcer nice. for this group. And like TJ would get a big face turn because he won the TV title Then uh, Cyrus would tell him you should hand that belt to Rhino and Rajiri basically refused and that was his big baby face turn. Was that, uh, ACW. You should give that belt to Rhino. Get the fuck, I want it. <laughs> fuck you. Well, yes, but he said it in Japanese so it sounded a lot more impactful. That guy that sounded good in the whiny Scottish so I was like, get the fuck, <laughs> I want it. Fuck you. Take it off, it's gone. <laughs> Come ahead. <laughs> so... So and he was like calling him promos on the network. So basically, they use these series of tests to see how wrestling performed on the network before giving all this money to events. Mm. Uh, and also, no other real network wanted ECW, so that was kind of beginnings of the of the end for them. Yeah. But so we're all goes to TNN. Then over a little while in the two th- mid two thousands, they go to Spike TV, and then in two thousand five. They would they would finally return to the USA never where they remain today. Yeah. And they did this big advert going or and Vince is with a bunch of wrestlers and I was like, Right, everyone pack out your stuff, we're moving and it was them with all this luggage in the car and they're towing a ring behind them. Yeah. Like WF retu- WB Raw returns to the USA network. <laughs> and they did a big made a big thing about that return. They did a an ep- three hour episode of Raw, the first ever three hour Raw, which was WB uh, Raw Homecoming mm. which featured Heel GM Eric Bischoff fighting John Cena and a 30 minute Ironman match between Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. A 30 minute Ironman match? Yes. Does that still count as an Ironman match one? If you call it an Ironman match and you have the same rules as a regular Ironman match, but. I suppose. I just think traditionally it shouldn't count as an Ironman match unless it's 60 minutes. That's like yeah. the first half of an Ironman match. Though, so, don't be like networks testing her wrestling work. Also, Speak TV were a bit annoyed about WF leaving them, and they liked having, they were kind of open having wrestling. So then, in, in Waddle's TNA, go, 
we'll, we're looking for a big TV slot. We'll we need take TV. It. We'll take it. And so Spike became the home of TNA up and way up until like 2013, 2014. Yeah. So there you go. I still, I still think, and all joking aside, I think if, uh, if TNA Impact mm-hmm. continues on the path it's going, it might be a slower process than what it's been for AEW and whatnot mm-hmm. because Mr. Can has money that he doesn't know what the fuck to do with. But anyway, that aside, I believe what Scott Demore is the right person. I believe what the, the Anthem. Mm-hmm. As much as people give them shit, I think Anthem are a good company. They know their shit. They know when they put money into it. Impact has just made a big deal with an Indian promotion, mm-hmm. which I reckon will lead to a bit of a push for the good job. Depended. I hope so. Anyway, I mean, WWF. Well, <laughs> WWE tried it with you know, gender, uh, gender. Mah- I was about to say Cal- fucking Muhammad Hassan. Well, it's for different reasons. Yeah, that, did, that didn't quite work out for him. Well, you yeah. know, that poor Italian. I mean, yes, push a man of Indian heritage, but Billin, uh, whenever Jinder Mahal would come out from Punjab, India. Really? What about in Canada is that? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Canadian, yeah. Yeah. If we, fucking Jinder Mahal's Canadian. Like and Mohammed Hassan was Italian. Yeah. Even so much so, like he won when he when Jinder won the title, like somebody in the Canadian Parliament referenced I mean, I think he was from Montreal and he like he mentioned, Oh, Jinder Mahal was the one that's he's the first Montreal resident to win that title since Bret Hart. Mm. So there you go. Do you know I often I often wonder if Mahal's ever going to have a chance at a main main event title again, but I don't, I don't know, know if he will. I think I think Spanky's. What's his name? Shanky. I think Shanky's got a better chance than that. Shanky. Spanky was actually briefly the nickname of Brian Kendrick when he wrestled for a lot of oil. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, but no, I, re- I reckon that Shanky mm. has got a better chance of winning a main event title than fucking Jinder does now. <laughs> it's weird because I was like. You know, USA, like the relationship with WF at this point in 2000 is, is quite bad, but right now in, in this current period, like from 2019 onwards, they were at the same time as Matt Dunway Fox, basically in their current deal, NBC Universal and USA have basically throwing more money at the WWE than they ever have before. Yeah. They, they've been the home of NXT since uh, 2019, uh, since they moved to TV. And I think also Vince's relationship with NBC particularly would would found even more so in 2001 because Dick Eversall, who was a big guy in, in NBC who worked with Vince on putting mm. on the NBC specials, like, he was the one who actually convinced Vince about the Rumble because by Barrett and Telstar, he, he told the idea of the Rumble to, to Vince and Vince went, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And also remember because the first Rumble was actually a TV special. Yeah, one, one by Hacksaw. Dick, Dick Eversall, Pat Barrett and Vince are all in a meeting talking about new specials and thinking for new ideas for a special on TV and uh, Vince goes, hey, Pat, tell Dick your stupid idea. And he tells him it, and Dick goes mental for it. And like, Vince goes, oh, well, I guess we're doing your thing then. <laughs> but then Dick Eversault was also a major investor alongside Vince McMahon and the XFL. <laughs> so in the next year or so, Dick Eversault is going to lose a considerable amount of money, as will Vince McMahon, on this, XFL, disaster, huh? on, this, on this disastrous XFL. Is that twice that's failed now? Well, I think the first one failed because of the pandemic and everything, whereas cause people were actually commenting on, like, huh, oh, these games are actually doing very well compared to the first one. <laughs> so so why did it Why did it fail the first time? I think we can get into that more in a later date, because I don't think I have the time to get oh, into it. Right. There's, there's a 30 for 30 of it on Disney Plus of all places out there about... What, of XFL? About the XFL. Jeez. But... Uh, Another interesting bit of news is that WWE's meeting with a certain talent that they're looking to sign to a developmental contract at this time. 
some some big amateur wrestler, former NCAA heavyweight champion. Really? From Minnesota. Uh, what's his name? Brian. Bill Brock. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is being is in conversation is about to sign his developmental deal at this time in two thousand. Was that when he was wearing a suit and spectacles? This is when he got his big single and he was doing shooting star presses and everything. Oh, he didn't do that after WrestleMania nineteen, did no, he? No, no, he did not. No, he didn't. He was too large by that point. I'm sure Johnny Ace had a hand in telling him to do the shooting star press. So that's two big men who nearly died because of fucking... Johnny Ace. Because Johnny Ace told them to go to the top rope when they should have the other one being sent. But Johnny Ace is... He's not an issue anymore because, you know, he's a pervert too. Yes. Oh, he's always been a pervert. I think it's been a well-known thing. Ah, it's a well-known fact. He's a pervert, but everyone knows... <laughs> John! We all know! We all know you're a dirty bastard. <laughs> So that's everything going on uh, outside of wrestling. Let's talk about this week with the WWF. Let's talk about the Raw that happened for this. Mm-hmm. Where we had the star obviously. But on Raw, Rock comes out, he's the WWF champion and everything. And he says, you know, Vince McMahon, you still have a lot to be thankful for. You are the, so the owner of a billion dollar company. <laughs> you have a family and you are ha- the owner of the best penis implant money can buy. <laughs> but now, The Rock... Good old Rock. Rock once again owns the day of tile, and The Rock will always own Vince McMahon's ass. <laughs> anyway, Vince, if you still have a problem with The Rock, The Rock dares you to come out to this ring. Mm. So Vince saunters out and he goes, you know, Rock, I want to actually congratulate you on your, your win of the WF Championship <laughs> last night. And he goes, you know, when I laid there on the mat... After the initial pain of the rock arm shot through my body, I lay there wondering, why? Why did my wife Linda do this to me? <laughs> why did she keep meddling in my bed? Why did she seem to make things difficult for me? It's always the robot's fault, isn't it? I know. It's always the robot's fault. You know what? And, I, and it occurred to me, clearly my wife Linda is desperate for my affection. <laughs> She's lucky in affection. And you know what, Linda? If it's affection you want... I'm going to give it to you. And he goes on, in part of a detail, he goes, I think yeah. what she wants more than anything is another baby. <laughs> and Linda, and I can't believe he actually says, and I just say that like, if you want another baby, I'm your genetic jackass. <laughs> 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 and then he says, well, you and I, let's let bygones be bygones, let's not shake hands and everything. He shakes rocks and rocks, just holds on his hand, yes, for the microphone. Yeah. Like, you know, Vin, you know, you may, it's as much of a stud as you may be in the venture. <laughs> the Rock, you will always be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the rock bomb. The rock bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh. So Vince then leaves, he says, just tell Triple H that I'm sorry. And he leaves, he has Vince Mann's away for several months now. It was always good seeing Vince take a rock bomb. I'll take a finisher in yeah. general, because he always played it up. He was always, you know, fishing a bit. You know, it reminds you very much, like I say, of a fish when it gets brought out of the water, you know what I mean? He gets a finisher, he flops, mm-hmm. he lies there with the usual face, you know. You know, yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, so, Vince leaves, and then Shawn Michaels shows up at the arena. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what's Shawn Michaels? The official spokesperson of the WWE. <laughs> and, you know, they're all of the night, they're hyping up. Kurt Angle's going to have his coronation tonight. He's got his big crown and cape and everything he's mm-hmm. set up. 
and there's a throne sitting on the ramp, right? So Shawn Michaels then comes out for his segment. He goes up, he starts dancing around the throne, and then just shoves the throne off the stage. <laughs> and Gerald also goes, like, what the hell is he thinking? Kelly Lawler said the line, I know you love, uh, uh, on, several times on SmackDown and Roy, you know, I like her, you know, it takes a king to know a king. <laughs> and so Sean comes out, you know, I am out here tonight. It takes a king to know a, know a king, king McMahon. <laughs> Do you realise you were just in Rumble? If you want more contact that, we'll get part two of our Royal Rumble re- uh, review over at Scamble's Round Pocket to know all that about that. I think you're in the Bushwhacker territory. <laughs> so Sean comes out, he says, I've got an announcement regarding the number one contendership for the WWF Championship. And Triple H then interrupts him, and Triple H is, whoa, he's got his angry face. Yeah, and well, he, face. He got, you loved Triple H's angry face. You know, Sean, you and I go back a long way. He says, you better do the right thing. You better name me the number one contender. <laughs> I was, I didn't lose last night. Vince lost. I didn't lose anything. I should be the yeah, champion I, right I now. didn't lose. He lost. What do you mean? And Sean goes, you know, I, I am the special spokesperson for the day, but I can't make those, officially those decisions about who's the number one contender. But I know someone who can. <laughs> so I'd like to introduce you, the new WWF commissioner, sure. Mick. Foley. Which, which it was to big roar and everything, yeah. but Foley comes out. He ends up with a shirt which says Commissioner, but it goes up to Commish. It seems runs his face, and then down the, down the side goes, Err. Commish. Err. Err. And Foley comes out with his face, like, like, he, he makes a joke about his haircut and everything. And he goes, it can't like, just be one name. You want two names? Commish. Err. There, two names. He says, uh, Triple H makes fun of him doing the cheap pop and everything. Mm. Like, right here, and so and so place. And then he does a thing, goes, it's one of the first things is properly people make fun of their version of how Triple H speaks. Like, and as commissioner, uh, I'm going to make sure that no one uh, has to listen to uh, the 20 minute uh, Triple H uh, promo. Uh. The Rock also made fun of Triple H's speech, and apparently the impression that he, Triple H. Uh, was apparently a Brian Gwartz impression that he did. And The Rock was there with Brian, Triple H, and Vince. Mm. And it was according to The Rock himself. He said, uh, you know, hey, Vince, I want to make fun of the way Triple H speaks in the promo. Like, and I go, well, how would, you, how would you do that? And in front of Triple H and Vince, Rock turns to Brian and goes, hey, Brian, do that impression you were doing on Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian Gwartz there was just like, like what? what? I'd have said nothing. Brian Gwartz. He would work with, I think they had certain writers working with certain key <laughs> talent, but Brian Gwartz was one of the main guys. Like He would be working with the likes of The Rock, he worked with Agent Christian, I think he worked a lot with Jericho as well, mm. and the, much of the 2000s. He actually now works for The Rock's production company nowadays. Was he, like, the same kind of, was he in the same kind of vein as like JR? You know, like, talent relation kind of? No, no, he was like a writer, but he worked with certain uh, talents. Cause, right, like, he, he wrote for specific talents. Uh, he wrote for specific talents, and right, he actually right. writes... And has a high big job in the Rock's production company nowadays. Well, that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. So then Kurt Angle comes out and he's annoyed about his coronation being ruined. Like, I'm the king of the ring. If anyone should be no more contender, it's me. I beat three guys left now. <laughs> and my coronation's been ruined. Like, and and she, Vince before like, you know, I'm sorry. Put put your crown and cape on. Let me see how it looks. Because he's saying like, and Bigfoot goes, <laughs> he starts pissing himself off. Like, you look so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so he says like you know what tonight I'm going to book you two and a number one contender is triple threat man whoever wins <laughs> you will be get a title shot on Smackdown and the third man will be uh, The Rock and if The Rock wins he doesn't have to recognise either of you as number one contender 
Uh, and then he has some fun segments with Agent Christian uh, during the thing we start a running thing between those three. And so he says, to, he says look, they're moaning about the Rock having his own locker room and everything. Mm. He's like, Mick, hey, like, oh, hey, how's my new tag team chance? I want you guys to be happy. Well, we'd be happy if we had our own locker room, Mick. We, we had to change with the boys. And he's like, you know, guys, I'm a three-time WF champion. I never got my own locker room. Yeah, but Mick, you never change your clothes. You always wrestle on what you're wearing. <laughs> That's true. And then they get their own look and they're in their big leather chairs, like fucking Chandler and Joy in that episode where mm. in the big chairs. And like, ah, ah. Hey, this is cool. We even give commission guys a couple of sodas. Oh yeah, man, sodas rule. And then, so then they're watching a, a tag team uh, battle royal that happens on Rock is. Originally, it's meant to be the fight this way in Team on SmackDown, but mm. that doesn't happen. But they're watching it, and then just before the match starts, you have Foley come in, like, hey, Mickey, you go to I was like, I'm going to get you those sirs. Oh, by the way, good luck in your match later on. Like, what? Oh, yeah. They mentioned you guys are fighting a couple of guys who have got some issues, so I thought they teen together, they worked it out. Who are we facing? Oh, The Undertaker and Kane. <laughs> I'll go get you those sodas. Fight Undertaker again. I'll get you sodas. You prepare for your match. APA won the Battle Royale by the last eliminating of all people, the Ramshackle team of Dilo Brown and Perry Saturn. Because reasons. Because reasons. And then. Well, that, can... That'd be a good name for a WWF pay per view of the time. Because reasons. Yeah, WWF. Because reasons. He. So Vulcan's Tri- out of Triple H is defending his title against some random dick because reasons. So you know. Foley comes back and says, you know, he's like, oh man, you got your sodas here. And uh, <laughs> he's like, you know, make, basically they try to come up with some excuses why they can't fight Undertaker. Mm. King goes, hey guys, you know, here's the thing. If you don't wrestle tonight, I'll strip you of the tag tile. <laughs> and then they both go out and basically Kane and Undertaker just Completely battered on one side, double choke slam, Undertaker and Kane beat him. Uh. Uh, and then the triple threat, the triple threat, I'd actually recommend people go back and check out. They got a solid amount of time and everything, basically a two on one match, right up until the point where the heels realise, wait, only one of us can win. How long did we get? It was at least at least a good 10, 11 minutes. At least a good 10, 11. And for a raw this period, that's a lot of time. Yeah. And then. But did, was it, you know, you know. Fantastic ten minutes. It was a thought they packed a lot in there. Yeah. Rock, you, well, usually those three could. Yeah, it's basically the Rock is a battling back from a two and then yeah. eventually Triple H and Angle are fighting amongst themselves because they keep trying to pin the yeah, Rock and the other one. Typical thing. Yeah. But like you, know, like you say, for for to get ten minutes in that yeah. time period and for them to be able to put on so much, there's always credit to the three in the ring, you know. Yeah. You had uh, Jericho earlier on got he fought X Pac and they got quite a good cost match because of Stephanie and Road Dog and then. After the match, Stephanie and you know, Xbox and Road held Jericho in place yeah. so Stephanie could kick him in the balls. Oh. And so Jericho comes in just so it looks like Triple H is going to get the win after a pedigree and angle. He distracts Triple H, hangs his hit neck across the ropes. Triple H stumbles back into a rock bottom. The <laughs> rock wins. Rock stands tall on this episode of Raw. The rock's not on SmackDown, which I thought was very curious. But apparently he was at the taping to do a segment for the library where he introduced his wife, wife Cliff John, I believe that's his name. Wycliffe John, whatever. He oh, was Wycliffe. Rock. Wycliffe. Wycliffe John. Nice. Because they're in this time and they promote that. I think he, rock, he was a Fuji. And they've been out and they're promoting at this time uh, the official launch this week of the new Rock's new music video with Wycliffe John. Basically <laughs> called It Doesn't Matter. <laughs> rock. I remember that. It's basically, I watched a little bit earlier on to remember myself. It's basically your typical rap video, but then with the. Uh, and the scores when he's 
bragging about all the stuff he's got. Yeah. Like I bought, I just bought all this stuff, and the Rock came and go, "It doesn't matter." <laughs> like, hey, Rock, I just bought myself a brand new bed. It doesn't matter if you just bought yourself a brand new Bentley. <laughs> oh, a Bentley. Yes. Bentley's a nice car. Yes, sir. Bent a classic Bentley, like what Inspector Morse drove in the <laughs> Inspector Morse show. Also, he had a beautiful car. Uh, a couple of things I'll mention here because the time the attack match happens on Raw. Leading in from like the little programs that were happening on the King of the Ring, we had two title matches on Raw. We had Benoit and Rikishi in an IC title rematch, and we had Val versus Eddie Gray on a European title match. Uh, basically, there was a whole thing with a European title match anyway <coughs> because. Uh, China, Trish was trying to annoy China and distract her because the ref, and that caused the referee to be trapped with China. So it was a point where Val and Aegis just dove into each other and they both yeah. down. So while, while the referee was berating China, uh, Trish gets in, grabs, Eddie, grabs Val, rolls him onto Eddie so that the ref will see him on the cover and count the pin. Yeah. So then he puts the pin. So China just comes in, just boots Val and full few of the ref. And then they team up to beat up Val and Trish. Eddie then just casually lies on the ropes watching China as she just picks up Trish and power bombs her. <laughs> and then Rikishi and Benoit have a solid match. Rikishi goes for a, a bonsai drop. Only to be attacked by a returning Taz. Taz has been out for a couple months. I think he had an injury. I don't yeah. know what happened. Oh, one of his many injuries. One of his many injuries. But Taz, Taz just runs in the ring so quickly, right? That the boom, boom. Of his entrance is barely even thoroughly like the, the yeah. fire on the turn and it's hit. But by that point, he's already hit Rikishi with a chair and he's walking out while his music's still playing. Mm. And so the Benoit states, Fuck it, the match is already over. Picks up a chair, hits Rikishi a few more times with the chair. Good old Benoit. The mad bastard. Yeah. Good good old. I think I think his tag team partners was vacant nowadays. <laughs> you know. So he's he's about as relevant as Ben was now. The uh, the events of King of the Ring and Raw recapped at the start of this show, and now we are all thirty eight minutes and we're talking about the opening of SmackDown. Yeah. So there's a cold open as Triple H angrily alongside Stephanie, who's trying constantly coming like like a wife trying to stop her drunken husband getting into a fight on a Saturday night. Just leave it, Davey. Leave it. Hunter, Hunter, he's no fucking worth it, he's man. No worth it. Leave it. Come on, we're going home. No. It's a bit principal. I'm gonna fucking. I'll, I'll fucking do gra- you. Grabbing him with a t-shirt. Come on, leave it. He's not worth it. You'll kill him. Just what you. But just what you say about my bud. I'll fucking smash it. <laughs> you fuck you on your bud. Come ahead. So there's only storm into Commissioner Foley's office. And this is gonna be a weird kind of thing. Foley just setting up makeshift offices and yeah. the big steel like grated door with the words Commissioner say. Yeah. Big Foley's basically in a what is a makeshift cover almost be a big desk. He's got a cactus. Picture of Frank Sinatra, then, hey, Hunter, hey, do you remember when you and Dude Love fought in 1997? Like, shut up, I don't care about <laughs> anything. I want Chris Jericho, and I want to be the number one contender. But <laughs> well, I want to know what you're going to do about it. You know, I don't really appreciate being threatened, you know, but I, I can promise you, I'm going to do the right thing. <laughs> and then Triple H storms off, and then just voices that sing the Dude Love song to himself, Dude, you're going to be Dude. <laughs> and then into the, Hunter, 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 Hunter. <laughs> that was a Smackdown theme song. Uh, that, was, that was a very accurate description. <laughs> very like, accurate. Like someone shouting at you when they got them with their mouth full. And then that takes us into our opening tag team match of Eddie Guerrero and Rikishi, your two mid-card singles champions, yeah. taking on a couple of bastards involving <laughs> Venus and Chris Benoit. A couple of bastards. Yes. Rikishi's got a nice 
blue pad on his elbow because his elbow was fucked. Yeah, because cert- a certain bastard kept battering him with a fucking chair. <laughs> Aye. And a set of steps and mm. and every other fucking thing. He'd- what a bastard. Aye. <laughs> bastard, yes. <laughs> Rikishi No Chris Benoit Chris Bastard Rikishi goes after both Val and Benoit right at the back because obviously both of them have injured him to varying degrees like fucking hate Bethy just come here aye (laughs) go there Eddie and Benoit get to mix up for a little bit zero mention of the fact that less than a month and a half ago these two were in the same faction but Mm. commentators because the Radicals I've found during this review so far the Radicals might be one of the most forgettable Factions in WWE history. Yeah, because apart from when they initially came in, no one cares. Because they had their debut, then the SmackDown, they lost three matches. One of the matches they were made to win, but that got changed immediately during the match because Eddie went for a frog splash in that match and dislocated his elbow on the landing. Idiot. And then the very next week, they all turned heel and they were part of a big famous 10 man tag, in which Kane de- returned at the end to batter everyone. Yeah, huh. And then that was pretty much them. From there, the biggest. Yeah. At one point, they all had belts, but it somehow didn't raise their stock mainly because one of those belts was a light heavyweight title. Yeah, <laughs> no one cared at that point. Betty, makes... that's because it was on. That's because it was on Dean Malenko, and no one really cared about the man of a thousand holds. No, no. <clears throat> well, the man of a thousand facial expressions. <laughs> you know, it was it was much like Zoolander's calendar. Mm-hmm. Just all the same face. Yeah. Who cares about Dean Malenko anyway? The man's got one look for Christ's sake. <laughs> this is Vincent Mann displaying why he's Dean not Dean Malenko? What? And he's like, one look? I don't think so. <laughs> but could, could Dean Malenko pull such an expression that it would stop a ninja star in its tracks? I don't think so. No. <laughs> no. He, he couldn't pull off Magnum. No, no, he could not. Magnum. It's beautiful. <laughs> Then uh, <laughs> one Eddie gets to mix all up, but then eventually Eddie gets uh, isolated by the heels because he's a smaller man. Yes. Val, Val, because he's that small and good at selling, Val looks, gets to look much bigger than he actually is. He hits some of the backbreaker, boom, big blue thunderbomb. Yep. The crowd don't care because it's Val Venus. Eventually, Eddie manages to get uh, because he grabs uh, Val by the arm, does a kind of an arm drag thing, but as he's going along the road, because he's Benoit. He dives off and catches Ben when our heads is at the same time, so it takes turn. Yeah. Both heels are very impressive, I, I thought. Rikishi, oh, yes. Rikishi comes in, he's he's running wild as the big man. Everybody pops because everyone loves Rikishi. Yeah. I <laughs> think this was the time period when Rikishi was at his, at his, peak, yeah. Yeah, his peak of lo- people loving him. So then, <coughs> I love Too Cool as well, but they make, they make the, the worst save I've ever seen in a wrestling match. Because <laughs> China's on the outside and China's annoyed about uh, Trish is annoyed about what Shane did on Raw. No, come on. Too cool. We did the best. And the best wasn't good enough. We did the best. Like So, TNA come out. They, they accost China. Eddie, it looks like he's seen it, but I don't think he's meant to see it yet. So, he looks like he goes to go outside and then just gets back in the ring <laughs> to continue being him and Rikishi getting beaten up by the guys that are wrestling. And then you got Trish there directing drive. I think they're trying to hold Shane so that Trish can get a shot in her. But then Too Cool come out. Oh, okay. Tuku will come out, they'll chase away Test and Albert, even though they're much bigger than them, and they'll save China. No, the people who choose to save are the guys in the match. And, like, they're not really... Val and Benoit aren't doing anything illegal, really, when you think of it. Just no. So then Tuku will come in, bust <laughs> their pals the match, and then it then frees up Eddie to go and chase away TNA. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, because at the end, China and Eddie get the shades from Tuku, yeah. and everyone has a little dance. Yeah. And the crowd pops... You got, got too cool, warming up the crowd, 
you think they would be big enough but no the whole crowd's gone doing the big claps and everything the whole crowd popped because everyone had a little dance and they were happy because TNA and Val left yay and you know China did her best but Eddie kind of just gave up and just laughed just enjoyed watching everyone else dance just laughing yeah, and then, and then we go backstage. I really have nothing else to say about that match, but we go backstage, and Kurt Angle is talking to Kai and Ty. Yeah. And they're foreign, so they don't understand English. No, they're not allowed to. I, I would like to refer to now, he's got, still got his big cape and he's, he's there, like, <laughs> I like to be known as King Kurt. King, King Kurt, yes, it's kind of your version of an emperor, or head ninja. <laughs> 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 and then comes that, would, that, would, that, that would not slide today. No, 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 no. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to be the head ninja. Hiya! <laughs> or the shredder, as it's also known. <laughs> a little joke there. But then Hark Rogan does. So who is going to be Quang? Kang. Oh, Kang. Quang is a weird Savio Vega mask gimmick from the 90s. Savio Vega can, can be Kang. <laughs> Sure, why not? Yeah. Anyway, Hardcore Holly comes in. He's like, what are you doing? They're not stupid, they're Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> Once we get another thing that would not slide today. But then Hardcore Holly, I think, has the best line of his entire group come Because he walks out and he just boots Krangle's crown across the room. Like, hey, you just kicked my crown. You can't kick my crown. Oh, never mind me kicking your crown. How about I kick your ass instead? <laughs> and then he walks away and Kurt's like, Kicked my crown. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kurt. Kicked my crown. That's mine. But you know, Kurt. You know, he's he's not gonna take this line, and he has a few harsh comments for Hardcore Holly because he comes out. <laughs> also, love occasionally. Too hard to the sun as well. But Michael Cole, when we talk about crown, like, I mean, come on, a grown man wearing a crown. <laughs> and Jerry Law was like, "What's wrong with that?" <laughs> like, I've made a living for the last 30 odd years with that. I take umbrage to that. How do, if I had a white glove, Michael Cole, I would smack you. <laughs> he didn't say that, but he should have. <laughs> he's like, hardcore, I don't make fun of you for dyeing your hair. I mean, what's left of it anyway. <laughs> and I don't make fun of you for having, for not having access to an orthodontist growing up, leaving you with these bucky protruding teeth. <laughs> But you have the audacity to kick my crown and insult your 2000 King of the Ring. You know, you're like all these people here in Hartford, Connecticut. You're just peasants. Yeah, you're probably thinking, do you realize I'm going to be the last important King of the Ring? <laughs> you're all just peasants. Yeah. You cost me thousands of dollars in damages. Do you know how hard it is to find a crown repair shop in this park? <laughs> 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 I, yeah. w- I wonder how I wonder how many of the King of the Ring winners still have a little crown and scepter on a wall in their house going, Yeah, I won that once. Yeah. 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 It's true. Or as you people Harford would say, it's true. Now get me a moving van so I can get the hell out of this place before I kill myself. <laughs> and then again this match but it's only like the second match on the show. It gets a a, a fair bit of time, a big yeah. back and forth. Michael Cole, I think I, I met a lot around this twice, I still, I still miss why he does this, but randomly there's fighting on the outside and just, Michael Cole just randomly calls Harker Holly an idiot for some reason. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe he doesn't like him. And Daryl goes, why don't you talk about louder, maybe I'll hear you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Angle gets sent into the barricade. I thought he was going for a Falcon Hour, but then Harker Holly hits a, a jackhammer yeah. and then Daryl over Phones on Michael Cole using the word jackhammer when Vince is around. He's a genetic jackhammer. It's a drop kick. Uh, Angle hits a low ball, but as in a way, the referee doesn't see it. But there's one thing this match is is known for. 
and it's this minsult. <laughs> Angle is not is too far away. Yeah, to hit the minsult. It's one of his first, if not the first minsult he hits. Hits it. His knee cuts the left arm of Harcourt. Yep. Harcourt's arm is broken. Yes. Legitimately broken. Does Harcourt decide to wrap up the match there? No, no. because he's Harcourt. He's macho. Yeah, he's mental. He's a this man. This is a, this one of three injuries he could tell you wrestling. This when he broke his neck in that match in two thousand two against Brock Lesnar. Yep. Took a it was a botched powerbomb, and then not realizing how yeah. bad his neck was. Took an took an actual powerbomb, and then an F five. I'm sure after that. Yeah. And then a match we reviewed in the past. The, the, the match in ECW with RVD with a big gash mm. along his back. Mm. Mm. As much as people dislike hardcore Hollywood, right? Mm. You've got to give that motherfucker props. Mm. I mean, he is, like you say, one hardy, hardy motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you get your fucking neck broke. Mm. And not only do you take another bump on your neck, but yeah. you take, like you say, a powerbomb and an F5. Yeah. Which both of which are very hard on the neck, you know. Like uh, hardcore, despite you know having a bit of an attitude at times, he would even go on and say in his book, like I didn't blame Kurt for this. It was kind of both our faults. I was out of position. He wasn't yeah. used to the insult. I didn't blame Kurt for anything. And also, like people, the way he, the, the awkwardness of the peril that injured his neck, people would accuse him like, oh, you tried to sandbag the new guy, uh, Brock Lesnar. Like, like why would I? Why of all moves would I sandbag him on a power bomb? Because move like that goes wrong. It's worse for me than him, as yeah. was evident by the fact he fucking broke his neck. Yeah, I think it was just a case of, like, I think it was a case of, like, we were both kind of sweaty. Yeah. Because when I, I've seen that yeah. powerbomb a few times, and Brock goes to lift him, and it's it, it actually reminds me a lot of uh, a recent mm-hmm. injury when Deonna yeah. fucked up. Like, I think she was trying to powerbomb, or she was trying to do a finisher on Tasha Steele's. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, like that. I mean, Jordan was it? That's Jordan, yeah. aye, aye. I've got to say, that's the one time when I thought Jordan looked incredibly goddamn clumsy. Yeah. Because while she was getting Tasha up for the move, she seemed to forget what the fuck she was doing. She was like, <laughs> she had her up, and she was like, so she go right. I've got you up. Where do I put you? What do I do? And then she got her up, and then just dropped it on her fucking like yeah. neck. And I was like, for fuck's sake! And when I watched that one, I was like, the same as when I seen. The Brock Hardcore thing, I was like, oh, no, that's not going right. You know what, when we were watching the match, and even you as a fan sits there and goes, that, that, no, that's not right, that's, that's caused an issue. You know? As soon as you see the replay, you see Hardcore immediately roll over, and you can tell his face, like, instantly he knows he's fucked. He's like, ow, ow, that's I think bad. Kurt, that's goes not to, Kurt, not knowing, goes to grab that arm to set up an angle slam at him, and the way Hardcore's kneeing to get out of it, Almost looks like a shit, like, get away, let go. Let go of the arm, it's I'm not, the, the arm is broken. And you can see him like once or twice, like, go with the referee, like, I'm, I'm fucked. Like, his arm's just dangling there. Yeah. He still continues, and then takes another low blow and an angle slam <laughs> on that side, I believe. And then angle wins, he celebrates, and then later on they say, oh, Hardcore Hall has now been taken to our local medical facility. He, he, he'll be out until at least late October with this injury. Yeah. Although, being typical alcoholic, he tried to make sure he got back sooner than he was meant to. At least four or five months he was out. Wasn't it? Uh, he had to get surgery to get like a metal plate in his elbow and that arm. And the joint. Aye. Uh, uh, similar to what Lex Luger had after he had that motorcycle accident. He got a big metal plate in his yeah, arm. Yeah, yeah. I finally turned him face and ruined him. 
<laughs> and, and then so we have we go backstage. Stephanie's trying to calm Triple things. So he's walking back and forth like just like I should be the dude. I'm fucking fully buried. <laughs> She's like, go outside, get some air, and I'll just calm down. Go with a cigarette or something, <laughs> chill. Then Edge and Christian come in. They want out of their tight title match. She's like, hey, go, go, go see the Sandman. See he's got some acid or something. <laughs> trip a bit. He's like, hey, you know, Mick. Uh, now we're 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 feeling a bit. I know we're we're so looking forward to. Defending our tag team titles tonight oh, against yeah, the APA, yeah. but you know we're really feeling kind of sore that match came in to go. Yeah, I know you guys still got your butts kicked on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, we we really don't think we can defend the tag titles. You know what? You're right. I'm not gonna make you guys defend the tag titles tonight. Like, yeah, and they do the high fire and like. Uh, Instead, I'm gonna book you guys in singles matches. Christian against Kane, Edge versus the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are still gonna get your butt butts kicked again. <laughs> I did like Mick as a commissioner because he's like, yeah, you can't do this, so I'll make you do this. Ha, ha, ha. And, and it's a running thing with him, like, it's a nice change from the heel authority figures we've been having the last several months. And, like, he's like, oh, okay, I'm kind of giving the heels what they want, but I'm putting this little twist on it. It kind of makes yeah. them feel like they're getting what they deserve as a well. Ch- a childish commissioner. <laughs> kind of commissioner I would be. And then we get a, re- a reminder of the segment on Raw where he was made the commissioner thanks to the Maxim Edge Power maximum power cola. Oh yeah, RCA's maximum power cola rewind showing Com- Commissioner Foley getting made the commissioner. Also, you had one of these things with Eddie Christian goes, "Hey guys, read the shirt," and it's only the MIS bit of the commissioner like, "Miss," like no commissioner, <laughs> Miss Foley. <laughs> uh, also, the the references next time. This is this building Hartford, Connecticut is hosting another few wrestling uh, wrestling events. Mm. As he mentioned it most notably earlier that year, No Way Out, where Foley lost to Triple H. Mm. You know, so also, I believe this is also the home of uh, WrestleMania 11 as well. Ooh. There you go. One of the less favoured WrestleManias, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> the one main evented by Bam Bam and Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know, I mean, nothing against Bam Bam or Big LT because, you know, like Bam Bam was Bam Bam and Big LT, he went and done his bit and he actually made a good bit of effort. It was. It was a solidly good match. It just was not main event. It should have been... The main event should have been Sean and Diesel. And Sean should have won. So we got... Definitely then comes out to Triple H's music. What's the women's title and everything? And King Keats trying to imply, like, <coughs> how does Triple H feel? His wife's still a champion, but he's no longer got a title. <laughs> and then he comes out and goes, you know, I kind of feel embarrassed, you know, that I was actually born here in Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> she even starts her promo that says, like, slut, slut, chance. Uh, and she goes, you know, it's not even, it's unfair Triple H had to lose the WF title. It wasn't his fault. It's because of my father and my mother's toxic relationship. <laughs> that their unhealthy relationship cost my husband the title. You know, we have a very healthy and virile relationship. <laughs> Please don't say that word. And she, de- and she demands that Mick Foley come out and make this right. So it comes Mick Foley and everything, you know. He kind of makes fun of, you know, I kind of, I didn't realise you were born here. No, right here, in Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> and, you know, he went, you know, Triple H kind of brought this upon himself. Because if it wasn't for him in this very building, right through this very ring, him retiring me, I, Linda McMahon wouldn't have had to appoint me as the commissioner of the WWF. And they're like, he's not trying to pin this on Triple H, is he? <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna give Triple H what he wants. I tonight. I'm gonna book Triple H versus Chris Jericho and take all that. They shake on him. 
in a six-man tag team match. <laughs> and then right away, and they'd be like, what? And Triple H's partners will be X-Pac and the Royal Rock. And they'd be like, well, okay, that's it. <laughs> and Chris Jericho's partners will be the Dudley Boys. <laughs> you know, my old course, I used to like to, like, because also more from that main events are booked, like, during the show. Yeah. Like, to pretend, oh, what would the main event have been had this match not been made? But so many of the matches on this show are made by Foley during the show. Yeah. If it wasn't for all these matches, I don't think we could even play that game because like, it would just be a very short smackdown. It would, it would. It probably would have ended on the dance squad of, oh God, Oliver Holly's arms broken. Good night, everyone. <laughs> oh. uh, so then back to age, you, know, you think the heels would be like, oh no, this is not what I wanted, but they seem to be very calm. Like, I don't care as long as I get my hands on Jericho. And then the actually went, oh, we put the dullies through table. But through the Delhi's to hell the other night, the King of the Ring, well, this is going to be easy for us. And then, out comes the Godfather for his match. Before he gets started saying that it's the one, <laughs> out comes Big Bill Buchanan, his opponent. And he goes, as I was saying, before I was so Lulu interrupted, it's the big, <laughs> big sensor sign comes up. And who comes out in his white shirt, with his tie, his black shirt, his new short hair? Would it be... Stevie Richards. Now, Stephen. Yeah, it's now Stephen to Richards. Use, to use his full Sunday name. Or the name his mum would use when he's in deep shit, like, Stephen? Because <laughs> Stephen Richards made his re-debut on Raw, because they had a match between Dean Malenko and Jerry Lawler, an over-the-top, off-with-the-top match. Oh, God's sake. Where every time Jerry Lawler threw Dean Malenko over the top rope, Terry Rounds would have to take off a piece of clothing. Whenever Jerry Lawler was thrown on the top the cat would have to take a view. And he was going to go until one of the women's tits were out. And so Jerry Lawler wins the match, but before Terry can take hers off, Stephen Richards comes out and puts a big sensor sign over and drags it out of the back. And Jerry Lawler's like, Jerry Lawler's obviously very angry about it. Like, What's that jerk Stephen Richards think he's doing? So, in any event, Stephen Richards is the babyface in that segment. It really is. It really is. Also, I love Terry Ronald's logic about this match earlier on when she's trying to get. Dean Malenko no a tickets here's like I'm gonna have to take if you lose tonight I'm gonna have to take my clothes off for all these people and I don't want to take my clothes off unless I want to <sighs> so then Stevie Archer comes out and uh, Godfather goes Stevie man what the hell are you doing out here why are you dressed like that the name's Stephen <laughs> and he's dressed he looks like a Mormon he did all he's missing is a wee bible under his arm like you know? I say it reminded me have you ever, have you ever seen the the <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park fame movie Orgasmo? I have not seen that. No. You should see that. It's hilarious. <laughs> he he plays a Mormon. Who does? Port. Uh, who's the one without the glasses? I don't know. Well, see the blonde one without the glasses. He plays a Mormon who ends up getting convinced to play. A porn superhero <laughs> called Orgasmo with his trusty sidekick Choda Boy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, like, well, all that's missing from him is him just showing up at your door in that white shirt and tie with a wee baby, like, Can I take a few moments to tell you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? What's that thing we could talk to you about, Jesus? <laughs> Can I take a few moments of your time to talk about our Lord and Savior, Bray Wyatt? <laughs> Because I came here to last last week last Monday on Raw, I covered I ref, I stopped the whole world, I, I saved the whole world 
while having to see Terry Ryan's breast. And then Gerald was like, say, you, you prevented, you hindered us from seeing that. He's like, I did what this company would not do. I did what the network is too afraid to do. I am saving millions of children around the world from seeing inappropriate content. And Godfather, you need to help clean up your act too. Stop coming out with these scantily clad women. Stop promoting sexuality. <laughs> and he's like, you'd be like, I have the right to censor what I feel is inappropriate content. <laughs> and then poor God, like, looks like he's about to go all around and try and batter Stephen Richards. But we can jump some. The match is. Yeah, it's all about the Stephen Richards thing. Oh, yeah. Bill Cannon wins very quickly with a scissors kick. But yes, the debut of Stephen Richards and the beginning of what will be known as the Right, right to, to Censor. Which, which is, was a piss take on all the children's and parents' groups at the time. Yes, the RTC and, you know, the initials RTC and the group who are criticising the area are, their initials are PTC. Oh, PTC. So, yeah. Parent Teacher Council. Yeah, yes. So, like, RTC, PTC, you know, could it be any more on the fucking nose if they tried? Yeah. Like I said, this is what Vince does. He hates these people coming after him for his content. Makes fun of them. He hates having to pay taxes. Here's IRS. He hates, hates rich people. Million dollar man to DBS. Yeah. And then himself as the big rich billionaire Vince McMahon. And he comes out with that classic walk of his. Yes, a big strut. <laughs> yes, strut, strut. I have bad quads. And strut, strut. I'm a genetic jackhammer. Yeah, I'm a genetic something. <laughs> uh, so genetic yeah. hole. So yeah, Stephen Richards as we do. He didn't know about about this that he was going to get this gimmick until the day he showed up for the Raw. He <laughs> thought he was wrestling on the B Show Metal, so he had to show up on the day, have his hair cut uh-huh. and everything. Why he couldn't have just had it tied back? Well, no, he's meant to like. I think he. I think they're going for a kind of a preacher like. The, Kind of thing with these white shirts and everything, make, the short hair. Make like, them all look like Mormons. Basically, like, basically, what kind of religious people they talk to you? Like, you're you're living in a moral way of life. You should be ashamed of yourself. Anyway, hmm. Anyway, but then we go back to Christian. Like, I'm so worried about this man. man. I'm I'm like totally gonna get my book out and like uh, Christian like to us. I'll take a duh for two hundred, please. <laughs> so then Christian goes on one on one with Kane. Ed tries his best to distract Kane and give Christian advantage, but that goes all very wrong. Kane just batters Christian, you know, one cruel big cruel pistol and big tilt over and everything, just throwing for Christian around. Kane goes off the ropes, Edge pulls the ropes down, well then Kane goes humble, but he lands on his feet. So I just celebrate but Kane just kinda of gives him that evil like Kane look, just like nope. No. But then the, the brothers that behind the rest of that managed to use it too. And one thing, King gets sent into the ring steps at one point, and then Taylor was like, "Like," and Mike goes, "One, this isn't fair." He came and everything the way they're both ganging up. I'm like, "Oh, well, Kane should have went outside the ring." <laughs> Completely ignoring the fact that it was Edge who forced him to go outside the ring because he pulled yeah. the ropes down. <laughs> but Kane gets back into the ring. He he flies off the top with his big diving clothesline. Seems to be Edge. Yeah, Christian tries to hit the umpire, but Kane forces him off. Yeah. Uh, goes for a big closeout in the corner. Christian moves and poor the referee gets knocked down. He just tumbles. Oh, just tumbled in. Uh, Edge comes in with the chair. He goes out. Came by. King grabs him and he's got both brothers. Both yeah. brothers. <laughs> yeah, for a double yeah, chokeslam. It counts in wrestling. They're brothers. Goes for a double chokeslam and then Taz comes out. 
I don't know why, he just likes attacking people randomly. He just hits Kane in the back of a chair. Kane turns around and then gets big, unprotected, right on the dome. Yeah. Chair shot. They probably Kane. figured, oh, he's got a mask on, he'll be fine. Aye. He's not got a mask on that top bit, he said, which no. is where the fucking chair hit him. See, so he shouldn't no-sell that. He should no-sell whenever he's thrown into the steps, because really the mask should protect him from that. But yeah. So now there's two chairs lying in the ring, because Taz is fucked off, left his in the ring. So Edge and Christian, for the first time I ever picked theirs up, I had the first ever concerto to gain. Yeah. A very vicious looking move. And Michael called her, ah, those guys just made a cane sandwich with the chairs as the bread. <laughs> and thanks to the concerto, uh, Christian gets the win in this match. A cane sandwich with chairs. chairs as the bread. Yeah. What a fantastically good statement. I know. I... I I have never been more impressed yeah. with a statement than that. Maybe one of the best calls of Michael Cole's announcing career. Oh, and he's had hundreds. And he's had many. Yeah. And you know, I, I know you may think I'm joking. He has had a good... Michael yeah. Cole is a good commentator. I agree. I think. I think he gets a lot of shit. Because see the times when he's not a good commentator? Uh-huh. That's when he had a certain little uh-huh. bug buzzing in his damn ear. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... Ever since, ever since the evil old senile goblin has gone away, <laughs> Raw is getting going from strength to strength. Michael Cole's going from strength to strength. Unfortunately, the lasting effects of there is he's partially deaf, I believe, in one ear. He is. He's like sixty percent hearing loss or something. It's so I think he wears special hearing aids so he can hear better. But does that hold him the fuck back? Mm. Hell no. He's well, Michael Cole. What's interesting about this is later on when Aries has this match and they also try to use chairs, you know, oh, these guys, and Madrill are very interestingly said, these guys become a very proficient in chairs. You could always call, almost call these guys the new chairmen. Yeah. <laughs> but, hmm, Asian Christian suddenly having an interest in using chairs. I wonder if that'll come into play at some point this year. <laughs> Maybe it'll come play in some sort of big gimmick match that people still talk about today. Maybe. Maybe there'll be three of them. Mm, maybe. Oh maybe. my. And maybe those two will win two of them? I think almost. Well, yeah, two of them, and then if you count the triangle line the match, all of them. Well, they won all of them. Well, they won out of those three. <coughs> we just those three teams, they won the triangle, and then the other two. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, got, a, we got a hat trick in TLCs. Mm, pretty much, yeah. And, uh. So. So, yeah, look. It's weird because their their weapon choice used to be the ring bell, but now they've changed it to the chairs because tables, ladders, and ring bells doesn't have the same ring uh, to it. Tables, ladders, and bells. <laughs> like ring, 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 ring. Clang, clang, clang. But uh, Lillian Garcia back, he's like, Christian, telling me Christian Bates went, and he, Christian just acting like he did it all by himself. Like, you know, it was a very brutal man. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, but I did it. I so became, and now I'm confident that my brother can beat the Undertaker right now. And Edge goes, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it, but seeing what Christian did last night, I so know I can beat The Undertaker. <laughs> he so knows. He's, he's just the bestest. And Jericho goes to talk with the Dudleys, trying to get on the same page then before their match, and, you know, we got... And he doesn't like the look on... on, on so like, hey, what's, up, what's this all about? And then... Uh, Devon tries to reassure him, don't worry, that's his game face. It's go time. <laughs> Testify! Testify! <laughs> and then we get that Edge Taker match, and you think, hmm, you know, even though he got bad a bit, you know, Ed Kane, you know, had to get all this stuff to have him be beat, and Christian looked like a sneaky heel. He got put over with his win over Kane. You know, Taker, do you fancy, you know, helping Edge get over in the same way that your brother helped Christian? 
And then you, I can imagine take her backstage, just these big chews like, no, that don't work for the old dead, man. <laughs> because even with the exception of a chair shot to the back behind the referee, that like Edge gets yeah. something on Taker. Taker gives Edge a grand total of fuck all in this. Yeah. Taker's like, no, I'm the dead man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this boy to school. Like, can we can we beat you up like we did Kane? No, that don't work for me. I ain't gonna be taking no damn concertos, boy. I think I think you're right. You're probably backstage going. Nah, 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 that doesn't work for me. You're going to have to come up with something else because if you do that chair thing, I'll fuck you up. So I don't work. work for the dead man. So basically, he just batters Edge. I'm sure Edge would remember this years later when he cast him on The Undertaker all those years <laughs> later. Uh, he tried, he tried, Edge tries to use the chair again, and Taker just boots him. That's a choke <laughs> slam. One, two, three. Taker squashes Edge. Christian tries to get a beat down on The Undertaker. King makes the save. Kane has a choke slam, Christian. Edge gets the last ride, and the Brothers of Destruction stand tall. Hell yeah. Second night in a row over the Tag Team Champions. Hells till yeah. So then we get Al Snow backstage, dressed in his Steve Blackman pants, <laughs> with his big slick back hair, because he'd been doing this thing where, in a, in a last ditch attempt to save his Tag Team with Steve Blackman, much like you know a couple that's been together for years trying to save their marriage, he tried to be more like Steve Blackman. Uh, I do recall head cheese. Yeah, I didn't like head cheese. I didn't like head cheese. Eh? Did you like cheesy McCheeserton? <laughs> no, no, I did not. But basically, I think their tag team's just a bit done now because uh, he's walking back and then all of a sudden the, the, the shutters and the concessions are just raised up and out pops Mick Foley. Hey, Al. Hello, Mick. <laughs> hey, Al. Wait a minute, all that stuff in the pepper. Like, bygones be buying up. You know, tonight. He opens a wee can of drink, a can of soda. Like, I'm gonna give you a, a title shot. And he goes as he takes. So he goes really like me, me versus the Rock. Pfft. <laughs> 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 he's drinking all over Ali. Like, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you against the Rock. No, I was thinking you and that little Elroy fella for the hardcore title. <laughs> hey, and now <laughs> little Elroy fella. <laughs> hey, Al, bring that head thing you used to used to carry around. People love that. <laughs> so then Al. By the time commercial back is back in his old gear, carrying the head but still acting like a heel, he's got his "What does everybody want?" Uh, theme back. Uh, but he's got his heel Titan Tron. Yeah. So it's a confusing message here. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just like this is a message of we're not really sure what to do with Al, so let's just throw all this shit together, see if it works. Yeah. So, so Al can then sits head in the corner and then he hides under the ring. And then Crash comes out with his wee scales and everything. He's all happy, wee hardcore champion again. And he looks, comes out and he can't. He doesn't know where where Al is. And I was like, where'd he go? So he puts his scales and he goes to under the ring, pulls some weapons out, and then he reaches down and then he gets pulled like he can feel somebody pull out. Hey, let go of me! Yeah. And then out, po- out pops Al Snow. <laughs> he does a wee well, kind of face first slam to, yeah. to Crash on the big metal ramp. He chokes him with a big co- uh, cable yep. on the side. All sorts of weapons are being used. They go into the crowd and then Al Snow grabs a big tray of popcorn from the vendor and just slaps it on crash. I think he gets more popcorn on himself then. Yeah, well that, that tends to be the case. You've thrown popcorn around, you can get everywhere. And tell if Jerry Lawler's response to this, like, there's a waste of paracord popcorn. That's like $7 a bucket in this venue. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's too much for popcorn. <laughs> in 2000, imagine what it is now. I don't want to. Uh, Al sits crashed in the corner, gets his bowling bag, takes out a custom Al Snow bowling shirt with his face on the back of it. Oh, yeah. And then 
Pin pals. <laughs> yeah, the pin pal. Just rolls that right into crowd. Yes, in other regions. Oh, oh uh, that may be a ten, ten seven foot you don't want. <laughs> balls on balls, man. Balls no on good. balls. Well, and Joe's like, I don't think there's anything left to spare there. <laughs> and the crowd's trying to get away from Al. Al uh, gets picks up the steps, crash hits the, only a chair to the steps, or keeping Al down. So Crash goes to walk away. And then we're like, oh, and here we go, my belt goes back around and get his belt. And out comes Steve Blackman with his nunchucks. And then a second his referee. Nunchucks. Just whacks, crashes in the stomach, whacks him on the back, pins him. Steve Blackman is the hardcore champion. Yeah. And this would begin the one interesting thing that Steve Blackman would ever do, and that's become hardcore champion. Yeah. Because I think one of the things I hear people talking about, out about Steve Blackman is when they talk about him as hardcore champion. Look, I, I've got to step in here, right? I've got to step in and say, despite what everybody is like, oh, Steve Blackman, forgettable, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you all. Fuck you. I fucking loved Steve Blackman, and I think that he had every right to be either an IC champ or a tag champ. I think he deserved that. I think he was good enough for that. Yeah, he might have not had all the fucking pizzazz, but he was fucking more interesting than Dean Malenko. I I just, I just, I just found Steve Blackman very bland. He's, he is the dry toast, the plain scone of pro wrestling to Fuck me. Fuck off. Blackman was exactly what I looked for in that era. He was no-nonsense, no fucking gimmick. He just came in and kicked the living piss out of people. That's, that was good for me. Well, at least this Harker on this helps him live up to his name, Lethal Weapon, because he actually gets to use weapons and yeah. people are kind of worried to go up to him because he's a hard man and he'll batter you if you try to get his hardcore yeah, belt off. I, I heard tell that after his wrestling career he became a bounty hunter. He did. He battered... Bradshaw once in an airport, I think it was, and uh, is, is said that Bradshaw said to him after the fight, Mr. Pritchard, he hit me about seven times before I realised that was even in a fact. <laughs> that, that's, that's good old Steve for you. So Steve walks away, Al Snow kind of finally gets himself out from under the head scale, like, Steve, what the hell you yeah. And Steve walks away with the hardcore belt. I even, I even liked Steve's entrance music, man. I thought his entrance music was cool. I thought he was cool. I liked his ninja shit. <laughs> the ninja shit. You know. He's the true head ninja. He is the true head. He is the true head ninja. But, uh, and then, backstage uh, in the parking lot, the posse are trying to ambush him. And it looks like a scene in like a low-budget directed DVD a martial arts movie where like the henchmen come at the protagonist and easily hands like ha 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 all I was missing was, like, was some like stereotypical kung fu saying ha 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 oh, you needed the bad dubbing uh, like, I will beat you now prepare to feel the breath of my nunchucks <laughs> and they all like batters all three of them and I look to her feel like you want some of this too and they feel like no no man I don't black movies candlestick defend yourself it's time for the pain <laughs> and then Jericho with the Dudley's kind of just like, hey, how how great would it feel to take that prim, proper semi-man and drive her through a tail? And then Bubba gets that look in his face. That, that good old look of Bubba. Must put woman through table. Must injure woman. <laughs> and I don't know if it was before this that we get a random uh, video package. Yeah. <laughs> package. Basically, it's a recap of... Vince talking about his wee speech about being the genetic jammer, giving Linda his affection, and it's got this weird filter over it, and is and like showing shots of Linda smiling. My wife, my beloved <laughs> true is very wifely. It's just a classic love story of a creepy old man falling in love with a robot. Yep. Yeah, a tale as old this time. 
That's that's more common nowadays for those men that can't get real women. <laughs> we go for Lindas. <laughs> and then right guard extreme. Yeah. <laughs> the rewind to the week shows the main event of Raw with Jeff across the rock today. And it shows a clip of the commercial that of the right guard extreme of a guy running away from attacker for some reason. He's like, you won't perspire if you use this when you're chasing, running away from a tiger. You might shit yourself, yeah. but you won't be sweating. And we, Redguard can't help you with that, but yeah. you won't sweat, you'll be fine. Like that old Paddy Power ad, like, you know, you know Redguard can't stop you from shitting yourself. There's nothing we can do about that. We can't stop you from sweating, though. Yeah. And you'll need Redguard when you're running from a tiger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll need to smell right when you're eating. <laughs> It's all about the bouquet, you know? I know, the tiger doesn't want a smelly meal. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, food's all about smell. Also, speaking of tiger, it's year to do with the that uh, fucking, there was an episode of Night Show that's a uh, bloody Scott Steiner came in the ring with a tiger. So I, I recall a, that. Scott here talking, and he's been way through the rap before. One of them suddenly just randomly stopped talking and goes, Is that a freaking tiger? <laughs> Not. All the while, a trader, a clearly who someone who's clearly a trader, is walking steadily along the side of the ramp to make sure they can take the chain off Scott when he's done to make sure that 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 tiger doesn't go fucking mental and eat people. Yeah. Anyway, main event time. It's Jericho and the Dilly VDX. I'm, I'm surprised Vince Russo, Vince Russo didn't they try and book the tiger v Scott Steiner or something. <laughs> I'd go for Scott Steiner in that equation if I'm honest with you. Oh get, yeah, get the yeah. tiger and the Steiner recliner. Yeah, badly position yourself in the Steiner recliner and then go, ha! And the tiger goes, you know when you let go of this, you're getting fucked up. <laughs> Just fucking overhead soup, forget the big Frankensteiner on the tiger that runs towards him. <laughs> I mean, I've got a massive gash on my leg when the tiger tried to scratch me, but fucking Frankenstein did it. Yeah. You know, tiger, when you go one on one with Scott Steiner, you got a 33% chance of winning. Mm. Wonder if, I wonder if animals. Adhere to Steiner math, but anyway. I don't think anyone adheres to Steiner math. <laughs> anyway, main event time. Yes, main time. event time, yes. DS come out, big run DMC, King of Rock, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> King of Rock, hmm? King of Rock, hmm? Oh. Hmm. Oh. King of Rock, what? King of Rock, who? I believe it's King of Rock, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Dramatical DX. <laughs> yes. You can be hip, but you must also be grammatical, correct? <laughs> anyway, there, there's a, there's a, a failed, a failed chance to make a good new Gen era character, <laughs> Grammar Man. <laughs> well, you, you had Dean Douglas. He was a teacher. It's close enough. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, D1 starts the match with the Road Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Weirdly enough, with this match, Jericho doesn't do a lot in this match when you really think of it. It's mostly the Dudleys and DX. Yeah. Jericho does try and, you know, antagonise Triple H at points. There's a point where he comes in, gets a few shots behind, and then fucks off again. That's the Jericho's Dudley's version of X Pac Lid. <laughs> Just stones there and talks shit and comes in and goes, ha ha, got you, ha ha, and then goes away again. Well, the point, well, D1 gets beaten up three on one by the heels eventually so he can make the hot tag to. To Bubba. Yeah. At one point they put up they set up what I call Chekhov's table. And they say we're like, it's there. Eventually it's gonna come into use. But then Bubba gets into a thing with the road dog, right? And this right, it's Bubba and the road dog in right. And then the whole, what other crowd chanting? They're not chanting for tables, they're not chanting for the Dudleys. While Road Dog and Bubba are fighting, very loud the crowd are going, Xbox sucks, yeah. Xbox sucks. He's not even doing anything. 
Yeah. Like, that, like, X-Pot Key is alive and well right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at X-Pot, looking like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I just want to go back to smoke my weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't these people like me? No, we hate you. You suck. <laughs> but I, I tell people to suck it. It's, we still hate you. It's a, it's a reversal Winslow thing. You're not worthy. You suck. I'm expert. I'm still over. No, you're not. No, yeah. I'm still over. Yes, you are. <laughs> over. It's like the bit with the beer baron. Like, I'm still over. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No. Not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that eventually breaks down. The Dudleys do a reverse version of the 3D on a triple Then they set up for the actual version. Xbox pulls Bubbery outside. Triple H manages to grab onto the ropes, hits Steve on with the with the pedigree, the heels win, but much like the match uh kind of right thought about the Dudley's winning, it's about do they get to put the person through the table? Yeah. And so Bubba hits knocks Triple H to the outside of the ring. Stephanie's there, she looks terrified, Bubba just grabs her lister for a powerbomb position, she's gonna go through the table. The X Pac has to ruin everyone's fun. This is why people fucking hate you, Xbox. Yeah, this is why. Why didn't you go through the table, you prick? Aye. Get it out, Scott. Get yeah. it run out. And you, and you fucked over Kane. Aye. Aye, you lousy bastard. You. Aye. I was happy with like, DX and Matt and Giller at that point, but still, fuck you and fucking like, Kane. It's like that Bernie still won the chance. And you's a bastard. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's what comes in. Uh, saves, saves Stephanie. But the Triple H is up, he's not to the outside. He's on the apron. Jericho is in. Oh, drop kick. Triple H goes to the table, the fan. Yay! Because we don't like Triple H, he went through a table. Yeah, somebody went through a table, yay! And then, the goes out, Jericho and the Dudley stand tall, where Triple H still looks very furious, and Sammy's all like, this isn't fucking over, Jericho. So yeah, yeah, Triple H is out the title scene for now, but he'll go into a little little feud for the summer with Chris Jericho, who had a long history, even at that point, of not liking each other in real life, I've heard. Did we not? Well, more so Triple H at first didn't like Jericho, kind of came in. Like Jericho told a story in his second book about Triple H when he came up to him when he first came out. Hey man, like you know, if you need anything, you know, you let me know and everything. And then Jericho didn't couldn't find the arena in the town that they were at. He got got lost, and so he phoned Triple H and went, "Hey man, I'm I'm a bit lost. Do you know how to get to the arena?" He goes, "Yeah, buy a fucking mat and hung up on him." What that? <laughs> and then Triple H was also in a relationship with China, so Triple H and Vince were given. Whenever China would complain about Jericho being too stiffer, which was often apparently, mm. Triple H and that got bad, and Vince had a bad rap for Jericho, which took Jericho uh, quite a bit of time to get over. Also, Triple H randomly on TV, there was a, a segment on SmackDown, a really shit series thing where DX are bringing in a group of homeless people on a Thanksgiving after the SmackDown, mm. and this guy said, I will work for whatever. He goes, Look at this guy, you can't work, you're as bad as Jericho. Oh. <laughs> like, you weren't even doing anything with Jericho at the time. So, uh, yeah, Jericho and Triple H, not fails the real out, but they're going to have a wee, a wee fruit program here. And also, Triple H, you'll have a title success, but Triple H has lost the world title. Triple H will not hold a world championship in the WWE again until 2002. Christ. I mean, uh, an injury putting him out for much of 2001 will, will help that process, but still. Yeah, yeah. But when he, he goes away, because at this point, I mean, he's big, <laughs> but when he comes back in 2002, yeah, he, he is... He wins a it's like bit. Norm McGantune. He wins a belt, holds it for far shorter than he should, and then that annoys him so much, like that, and then not holding it for ages. He was like, 
oh, <clears> later <throat> on when Vince, when Bertha hands him another belt, like, this is a nice belt. I don't think I want to lose this belt for much of the next three fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is the fallout from Kenny. That is SmackDown. We're out on the road to fully loaded. Ooh. The final ever fully loaded, sadly. We only ever did three of those. I have that one. Is that the one where on the front of it, Triple H is like that? I don't think so, no. I think it's a dice really. I think Taker might be on the poster for this one. Oh, I might not have that one then. Yeah, they only ever did three of these. One of them was in your house, technically, but you know, the that other was two the weren't. one yeah. that I had right. with Triple H. 98, that, and then 99, and then this one. They were going to do Fully Loaded 2 as one, but then WCW, so they replaced it with Invasion, and then just never brought it back. I believe the one I have is one of those ones that has in your house in little words. Yeah, by that the point. One I, fully Loaded. Yeah. Right, by that point in your house is very well and truly an afterthought in the title of the pay-per-view yeah 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 but yeah that's that's Smackdown what, do you, what did you think you know all the follies all the big developments you know Rock's the champion oh. Foley's commissioner Triple H and yeah. into a new program Foley's commissioner Foley was a you know a likeable commissioner <laughs> it was good to see Steve Blackman win, a, win the hardcore title that made me happy you know Just, you know Al Snow with his weird thrown together entrance yeah you know, coming out with a head looking awkward. <laughs> you know, and Bubba's face being all, you know. <laughs> but no, it was pretty solid. Yeah. It was pretty solid and no no dumbass running shape. Yeah. You know, dumbass Xbox shape. It was a dumbass shape with the way the, the tag match at the start ended, I thought. Yeah, yeah, that was enjoyed. dumb. Everything else, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I could have done without the export of the Godfather Booby Cam but really that only existed to warrant yeah, Stevie that, Richards coming. That in. existed to further Stevie Richards' whole crusade. Crusade, yeah. And then and the, Stevie Richards, I like him. He he saved us from having to look at Terry Reynolds. I, love, I think it was a case of like they booked that and then Stevie has a case promo and then I think they kinda of realised like, oh we kinda of, we kinda of can't get out of booking this Godfather match. So, okay, guys you got 90 seconds, wrestle, yeah, do something. Go do something. But Bill's, Bill's definitely going to win this one. Yeah. Also, on the roll, Godfather was at WF New York, <sighs> uh, hanging out with hoes and everything, and then he got up on stage singing that Ice T song that was on Down Aggression about him called Pimpin' Ain't Easy. Yeah. But, he, but it's play, but he's singing it, but not singing it very well, so he's doing like a shit karaoke version of his own song, like, Pimpin' Ain't, Pimpin' Ain't Easy, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Godfather, but he wasn't much of a singer. He wasn't much of anything really as the Godfather, was he? I like the Godfather. No, he was good, but he didn't. He didn't win a lot. He's a former IC champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he, he is a former IC champion, but you know his his IC title reign kind of comes with a little bit of somberness to it. Yeah, I guess so. You know, because he, he was supposed to lose that to someone. Hmm. Before we get into any more of that, but let's just go into our final ratings for the episode. And Paul, one thing from this episode, if you had to recommend one thing to watch in this I episode, I recommend one thing. I would recommend the hardcore title match. <laughs> no, of course you, of course you did. I would recommend that because I always, a, I always liked Crash, always liked Crash or Elroy. <laughs> Elroy. So, always loved Al Snow and whatever garb they wanted to throw him out in. <laughs> What even even as Avatar? Even as Avatar, yes. <laughs> Fuck's sake, we threw him in so many fucking gimmicks. We could have made him Max Moon. <laughs> you, you even loved him as Leaf Cassidy. I did. 
I did love Misleaf Cassidy. <laughs> I really did. Do you remember that brief period when he was Leaf Cassidy just after he got rid of the drugged up baggage that he was with? Yeah. <laughs> and he would come in to like generic rock music, still wearing new rockers gear, but at this point he had a goatee and an angry face. Like, ooh, I'm a new rocker, but I'm an angry new rocker. <laughs> I, no, he's like, I was tagging with Marty. Seen some things, man. And some stuff. Wonder uh, what I did. <laughs> like walking down the ring, thinking, oh my god, he was such a tool. What, what, uh, what, and also, so you're working on the hardcore team, where's your thumb, where's your overall rating going to land? Uh, give it a solid thumbs up. Yeah. Solid thumbs up. I don't see any middling or yeah. down. It was a solid, you know. I'm, I'm actually going to go as far as the thumb and a half, me, actually. Thumb and a half? Yeah. Oh. Really solid, I think. Well, you you got to see your boy wrestle, didn't yeah. you? Well, and I think not just because of Kane, but I'm going to recommend that Kane match as my thing to check out because I know he lost, but looking at it, the debut of the concerto and Edge and Christian be more dastardly, and also the start of their relationship with Commissioner Foley. Literally <laughs> anything with with Commissioner Foley in this episode, I'd also recommend. Yeah, and that's so I'm going to give it. And the fact that he had a little cactus, and yes. you know, he was cactus Jack, and he was singing his did love song yeah, and everything, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd recommend that. And some of because other than the wee things, like I didn't like the way the tag matches and that false man, the uh, Bill Buchanan thing was... An afterthought. Other than those minor, minor nitpicks, solid show all around in terms of SmackDown. We, we are agreed then. Yes, we are in agreement. And there is much rejoicing. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> what do you think? Are you agreeing this or are you completely on the other end of the spectrum? Did you like Commissioner Foley? Did you... you dislike Commissioner Foley? And if that's the case, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> Where do you fall on the side of Steve Blackman? Please let us know on Twitter at Rogue underscore let, Opinions. Let him know how awesome the lethal weapon was. Let me know how apparently wrong I am with Steve Blackman. That's Comic Cloud nineteen ninety six. And while you're at the while you're following people on Twitter, follow our podcast, Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast, available oh, yes. on the Rogue Opinions feed and also our own feed. Both feeds can be found on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast. Wherever you choose to get your podcasts, yeah, give us a like, rating, review on your chosen platform. And as like I said, follow us on the live. You can also follow Rogue Opinions on Instagram at Rogue Underscore Opinions. And you can follow us on Blow Around Podcast by liking our Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash Rambling Podcast. And if you if you really if you're one of those people that you know really really like <laughs> us, recommend us to your friends. We're good people. <laughs> <laughs> we. And check out, you know, Scuffle Round Podcast. We've got stuff related to Frasier and Impact stuff coming up. We're throwing some really cool stuff right now. Yeah. Also, here in Rogue Opinions, you got a lot of good stuff. Some new football pods being started up. Me and uh, Carl still doing our thing on Pod Name Easy. Football? Yes, the football. And the football. Uh, but all this football, having all of it mattering to someone somewhere, presumably. I care about football. Yeah, of course you do. I don't. But uh, you can also check out, if you haven't checked it already, me and Paul were viewing King of the Ring 2000, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast. Yeah. Good times had by all of our on our road. good times. We've got a few more episodes to go with Retro Smackdown before we get to Full Load, which is another strong 2000 pay-per-view. And I look forward to seeing as things unfold. No spoilers, but I believe there is a big title match happening on next week's Smackdown. But what's with my lips? I will not spoil anything. But... Until the next retro one or the new on, on this one current one no on this one no, on this on this retro one ah cool cool yes. I mean there was a solid IC tail match on last week's yeah there was but the recording one with Gunther and Shinsuke Nakamura Gunther now, kicked his ass and Gunther's now going to fight Sheamus at Classic Castle and they're going to beat the fuck out of each other 
I'm so, so looking forward to that. And do you know, as much as I absolutely fucking love Gunther, mm-hmm. I want Sheamus to be a Grand Slam champ. <laughs> I so desperately want Sheamus to be a Grand Slam champ, because if he ain't a Grand Slam champ, he deserves another run at the main belt. Do you know He's the, good enough. Do you know this is the first IC title match on a favourite since WrestleMania 37, night, what, night 2? Yeah, was that the one that Alex... No, uh, Apollo Crews defeated Apollo Crews one. Well, that, that is a good thing, though, because you know fine well the minute Triple H got in, he started to elevate those titles again. Mm. And it'll be nice to see them on a fucking pay-per-view as opposed to being what they were under Vince, which is a bit fucking afterthought. That That is going to start a mini rant here just right now. It disgusted me the way that those titles were treated under yeah. his stewardship, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, like they, like they said in the promo pack, like I'd always thought, I always figured it would, you would go, if you, were a, if you were a tag wrestler, right, you'd go tag belts. And then you break off or whatever and you get your IC belt. And then you go into program, you defend that for a while, and then if you were good enough, and you got over enough, then you would take that next step up the ladder and you would be in that territory. Nowadays, and hopefully this is going to change, but nowadays, or how it was under Vince, Oh, we've got nothing for you today, but people kinda like you. He'll have less. Yeah, take take this. Hold this for a bit. Aye, but hopefully that will be happening going forward. Hopefully we'll see better use of titles going forward. And never just met him. Picture the hard going. Never it's in the hands of a lethal whip. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, but does it really matter? According to the Rock, no, it doesn't matter. So I'm gonna play this out with that weird Rock music video. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> bye bye, everyone. Bye. Yo, this is The Rock kicking it with the refugee camp, and you're about to smell what The Rock is cooking. Yo, this is strictly a club record, dedicated to everybody who used to stand outside in the cold, when the FLEX was standing at the red zone, Yo, 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 I got 50 Bentleys in the West Indies. It doesn't matter. I got a pocket full of cheese and a garden full of trees. It doesn't matter. I just won the bingo, bought a crib in Rio. It doesn't matter. Because if you ain't sharing, people ain't caring. Come up in the hood and they take everything you're wearing. Back in the days, it was all about the clubs. The so-called thugs used to dance the break for love. The girls, they wouldn't say.